welcome to the Othello Foursquare podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy this week's message. To learn more about our church, visit othellofoursquare.org. God, we thank you for, for your word that is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Lord, show us, Holy Spirit, reveal to us what we need to know, what we need to hear. Let us hear it. So we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Psalm 23. Who knows this psalm? Who've heard this psalm? You're probably thinking, okay, we're, 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 we're going to be going over this. I, I know this psalm. This is the one I know. Can we give something else? <laughs> but no. I pray Psalm 23, you would take what we're about to go through, and I'm just going to go through each verse and really just highlight um, a few things. But I pray that while we're going through this, if you have your Bible, you would underline, you would circle, you would take a note. If the Holy Spirit speaks something to you that is not said, you would write it down. Because my, go- my hope for our church is that you would take this psalm and it would be your prayer. It would be your war cry. It would be the thing that you go to for guidance as you try to navigate this life. Don't let it just be words on a page. When the Holy Spirit, when he breathes on the word, it becomes alive. He wants this psalm to come alive for you today. And I really believe it will. So just receive it. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Psalm 103. This is this cuz cuz God calls us the sheep of his pasture. Psalm 100 verse 3. It says, Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. It is he who has made us. If you believe that your life is yours, we need to cut that off and and realize your life is not your own. To live is Christ, to die is gain. There's something he wants to do. He wants to, for us to crucify our flesh for our spirit to come alive. I know that's very drastic. You're probably thinking, I don't want to die. Listen, when you begin, when you die to yourself and allow Christ to live in you, that's when you really start experiencing life. So he has made us, not we ourselves. But you didn't make you. So let's listen to the shepherd. This is what he says in John 10.10. We know this. He says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I come to give life and life more abundantly. Okay? Now, that's an awesome verse. Look at what the next verse says. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Here's what I believe that we got to get a revelation of today. The enemy has tried to convince humanity that we don't need anyone. That we got this. I'm good. I got my education. I have a great family. I married a great wife. I, I, I'm good. 
I got this. And maybe even you're thinking, okay, well, that's not me. I said yes to Jesus. That's The thing is, he'll try to say, okay, you've said yes to Jesus now, but now you're good. You're still good. Just sit there and wait for the day you go to heaven. But that's a lie because he knows the power when you can partner with the shepherd who leads you. The power in that. And I just want to say, if, 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 if you just read this for a second, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. That's what David writes in this psalm. I wish it said, because the rest of it is so good. It talks about his protection, his provision, the prosperity of when we follow the shepherd. But I wish it said, if the Lord is your shepherd. You know, because David is saying, the Lord is my shepherd. My question to you is, is he your shepherd? Is he your shepherd? Do you actually follow his leading? Or have you just said yes to him, and now you're saying, I'm good because I got fire insurance and I'm not going to hell? But, and this, trust me, this is challenging me because how many times have we lived and made decisions and, and we've shepherded ourselves? So what's the key to following the shepherd? And I mentioned this last week. We, we talked about this, but it's simple. It's hearing his voice. What's the key to hearing his voice? Spending time in his presence. That's the key. If we want to know where to go, if we want to be led, we have to spend time with him. We have to spend time with the shepherd. There has to be this intimacy that we have with our shepherd. So verses one through four, I just kind of want to give you a background. It basically talks about the good shepherd who provides and protects the sheep. And we're going to read this right now. But the first thing he says, he begins by saying, the Lord. The Lord, it means Yahweh. The first time Yahweh is mentioned in the Bible is in Exodus 3, verse 14. Okay, it says, God replied to Moses. When Moses was being, he was being sent to go deliver the Egyptians out of captivity. God replied to Moses, who was a scaredy cat. He says, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. What was he saying? God is saying, tell him, I am who I am. I don't think anybody talks like that anymore. But what is God? The God, God was saying, listen, I am who I want to be when I want to be because I am over everything. I am the I am. And right now, I'm your deliverer. Right now, I'm your deliverer. And I'm going to deliver you out of captivity. So he is our shepherd. John 10, 11, like I said, he says, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. He gives his life for the sheep. If you can catch, listen, listen to me what I say. God wants to tell you, I've, I am the good shepherd. I've given my life for the sheep. I've purchased you. I've purchased you with the blood of my son 
I've been providing for you. I'm protecting you. This is what David is saying. He's claiming God as his shepherd. But check this out, and I love this. The word most commonly used for shepherd, okay, is taken from the root word ra. It's also the Hebrew word for best friend. You notice I got two Bibles because I was reading in, in this translation right here. This is what it says, Psalm 23 in the Passion Translation. The Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. You know, when I read that, let me read it again or say it again. The Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. That is so radical, don't you think? For there, you, but do you hear the intimacy where it begins, the intimacy between the shepherd and the sheep? You have to know his voice to know where he's leading you. And the thing about what, what he's saying here, though, we have to position ourselves by knowing who he is first off and foremost. He's, he's the Lord. So you have to be able to submit to his lordship before actually acting like, okay, this is my best friend. There's, there's a lordship first and foremost that he wants to lead you under. But he also wants to be your best friend. And that's just radical. But submission to him as Lord. If you know anything about sheep, they're not the brightest animal, right? We said, we said this last week. They're not. I wanted to show you guys a video. I don't know if any of you guys saw, have seen this video online, but it's this sheep that's stuck in a ditch, and he, he can't get out. So the guy comes, and he basically gets him by the feet and starts pulling it out because he, he fell for, face first into the ditch. So he pulls the sheep out. The sheep runs, is trotting, comes back towards the ditch and back in the ditch. And I was just like, oh, you're, you're funny, God. You're, you're, you're saying that's me? You're saying that's us? You get us out, and then we go right back in where you just taking us out of? But it's true, right? Come on, how many people have been in a ditch and then gone back in a ditch? But We need, we need the shepherd. And if we're going to claim him as our shepherd, we need to ask ourselves, are we spending enough intimate time with him to know his voice? Let's keep going. If you have your Bible, you're writing anything down. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Here we see the provision of God. Philippians 4.19, it says this, And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. There's four things the shepherd does for the sheep. Number one, he makes us to lie down in green pastures. This is referring to rest. It's not always easy to rest. How many of you can can agree with that 
it's very hard. There's an attack on all humanity to not rest. So much of our lives are built on how much can you hustle? How much can you grind? When God is calling us, and not even calling us, guess what he's doing? To, to the, if you make him shepherd, he said, I'm going to make you lie down to rest. Because he knows what's best for you. And we need to. So I'm, I'm talking to someone who needs to just stop for a second, turn off their phone, turn off the TV, tell the wife and the kids, okay, I, I need to rest in the Lord. I'm about to go rest and not feel guilty about it. It's needed. Why would he make us if it wasn't needed? We need rest. But there's four reasons why a sheep will struggle to rest. And I believe it's the same reasons why we do. Number one, fear. If a sheep senses there's something around them that makes them afraid, they won't lie down. Fear can do that. Number two, flies. If there's any sort of parasites around, bugging them, flying around them, okay, it causes agitation, distraction, they won't rest. They won't lay down. Number three, friction. I thought this was interesting. If a sheep notices there's friction in the sheepfold, they won't rest. If there's other sheep that are kind of bumping each other, and I don't know sheep, but if there's friction, they won't rest. Number four, food, if they're hungry. How many of you guys, it's hard to sleep at night if you're hungry? It's hard to rest when you're hungry. But a good shepherd provides a safe place. Gives us a place where we can actually lay our head, where we can rest in him. If you call on him, he is able to remove distractions. He is able to get rid of the flies. He's able to actually give you rest, give you peace. God knows what we need. And I believe he's calling us to to rest. For me, I'll be honest, what this looks like, it's, it's being very intentional in planning out my rest. It's, it's either getting up earlier or staying up later to sit with the Lord. It's in the middle of the day making a, an actual an appointment with our Heavenly Father to say, this is the time I just want to rest with you. It's not something, because I know that this could be something where you hear this, I need to rest and figure out, well, how do I do that? Do I have to just breathe a certain way and, you know, get my yoga mat out and just, you know? It's true. It's true. How do we rest? Well, the first, the first way you do is to remove the distractions. Remove the distractions in your life. And maybe before you go and sit down with him, eat something. Because if you're hungry, you're not going to be able to sit there. So just, we rest in, in the Lord. This is where he nourishes and feeds our body, our mind, and our spirit. Number two, he goes, he leads me beside still waters. 
So he gives us rest, we know that, but he also refreshes us in the still waters. The psalmist, he's describing these waters as being peaceful and still. There is a place to come and drink where you can be refreshed. Do any of you guys feel this? When you show up to church and the presence of God is there, you feel this refreshment. It's like sometimes you can be so refreshed that you might want to fall asleep during the sermon. <laughs> hey, I've been there. That's why when, if someone's ever fallen asleep, I've sent this to a couple of people, but just, Lord, your peace is just over them. Just bless them. Because you can really feel so rested in the presence of God. And that's where he leads us, beside still waters, where we can drink, where there's no distractions, where there's peace. That's why I want to say it's so important when you come to come Wednesday night, to come Sunday. It's not something we say for, for us to feel like, oh, people are coming. doesn't matter. doesn't matter. It's important because we know when you come before the Lord, he gives you rest. And so your, your whole week will actually be better by coming and spending time with him. Number three, he restores my soul. When we're dealing with distress, discouragement, depression, anxiety, worry, frustration, there is a God we serve who is our shepherd, who restores our soul. Our soul is our mind, our will, our emotion. To restore, to restore means to bring it back to its original form, to redeem it to where it's supposed to be. How many of you feel like, man, I just can't seem to, to break these thoughts? Why do I keep thinking like this? Why do I keep feeling like this? God, every time I, I, something is presented in front of me, it's like, I don't know what to do. There's no direction. My mind is everywhere. In the presence of the Lord, when you follow the good shepherd, there is restoration for your soul, for your mind, for your emotions. There, be, I just got to say this because there's an attack on people's emotions. Big time. And because we don't see them most of the time, you can show up to church and then leave. Most of the time, it just the enemy is just kind of just smiling and laughing because he's like, no one really knows. And then you leave and you feel so isolated and alone and hurt and you don't know how to pray for this because what culture, what we're not used to is we just think, well, just toughen up. Toughen up. You, 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 need to, you need to start thinking better. You need to start thinking different. Come on, just, just get over it. No, that's just you. But there's an attack on our, on our minds. And God, even right now, Lord, I just, the Holy Spirit wants to just brush over our, our minds and our thoughts to restore them to its original form. You are a child of God. You do not need to be having those thoughts. Just rebuke them. They have to go. And so when you feel like that, you know what you need to do? You need to get the word, and you just need to say this. The Lord restores my soul. 
What's your soul? Mind, will, emotion. Lord, restore my soul. You know why sometimes it's hard for you to say that? Because the enemy wants to steal the seed of the word. Because he knows the, there's power in the word. When you speak the word of God, we got all of heaven, the angels, armies coming down. Now, okay, let's go. We're at, we're at war for your, for your mind. The enemy can't take your mind. I'm taking your mind. I'm going to redeem it so you can think good thoughts. And that's what God wants to do. So you need to know there's a solution for the things you've been thinking about. It's in Christ Jesus. He restores our soul. Number four, he leads us, he leads me in paths of righteousness. Sheep tend to go astray, as I said earlier. Okay, Isaiah says the same thing. Isaiah 53, 6. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. Has anyone ever gone astray? Felt like, oh, probably shouldn't have went that way. Maybe it wasn't even the worst thing, but you just made a decision without even coming before God. We've all done it. We're all like sheep have gone astray. The good news about God is that whenever we get out of alignment, he says, I know how to fix that. I come to bring you in perfect alignment. And even if you've done something that has hurt you, God says, I can bring you back to make this right. As I was reading this, and he leads me in paths of righteousness, I had this, this thought of when I got injured back in college, this was the second time I had torn uh, my meniscus. The first time I didn't really rehab it very well. And so I ended up re-injuring it again. Let me tell you, even with that, if you don't come before the Lord to heal what was broken, he, I'm not saying it will happen again, but God wants to be the one to restore it. And when he does the work, he fixes it permanently. He fixes it. But what I'm saying is, as I was thinking about him bringing me back, bringing us back into alignment, because by leading us in paths of righteousness, so he, he calls us to paths of righteousness, there was this machine when I had got injured my knee. I couldn't put pressure on it, because if I stepped on my meniscus, the things that they, they put back together, they would rip again, unless they were fully healed. So I was going to this doing therapy, and I show up, and it's about the third week after the first two weeks, we're just icing it, just icing it, just moving it a little bit. And then they're like, you got to start moving. You got to start putting some pressure on it. Because if you don't, the way you're walking, it'll start to affect everything else, your hips, your ankles, everything will be all disjointed. We need to put you back in alignment. So I go, well, how are we going to do that if I can't walk? You're telling me I can't, I'm not supposed to put pressure. They're like, we got this machine. It's like a treadmill, but it's going to be like a bubble around you. So you're going to step in it, and it's going to be all the way up to your torso. But what it's going to do, it's going to reduce all your weight. So now you're only working with 25% of your weight, but you can walk the right way. And as I was thinking about this verse, the Lord put that picture in my mind. He's like, most people 
sometimes he'll just, boom, realign you. And then sometimes he, wants to, he just wants to walk with you on the path and keep walking. And as you keep walking with him, you're being realigned and being just, he's just healing you and it's all coming together. And so be encouraged by that. If that's you and you feel like, I, I can't walk, I can't do it, just take the next step. Because God is just like that machine. He, he knows what you can take. And he's giving you just enough for you to just keep walking in alignment, to realign your body. So just, just receive that. But that's who he is. God is a God who knows how to realign when something's disjointed. He can do it because he is our good shepherd. He leads me in paths of righteousness. So not only does he do that, but we see in Psalm 23 the purpose, the purpose of God. I want you guys to see, it says, he leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. For his name's sake. What does that mean? You are, if you are a child of God, you're a child of God. So whose name is on the line? His. For his name's sake. Listen, the God of heaven and earth the one who, is, who, create, who created everything. He's not going to leave you out to dry. He's not. You ever, anyone ever had bought like this brand new appliance or something, it goes bad, and you're like, I just bought this. Where's the factory warranty so I can send it back? And if they're a really good company... You send it, and as soon as you scan it to send it, what's happening? They're sending you one back, right? Why? Because it's their name that's on the line. They don't want you to go online and say, well, look, this, this, this is a horrible company. They don't, they don't do anything. My thing broke down. They didn't, send me some, they didn't send it back. Like, forget them. No, 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 because it's their name. And a really good company will do that. But let me tell you, we serve a really good God that's not going to leave you out to dry. That is your good shepherd. As you follow him, trust me, he is going to honor what he's spoken over you. And so no matter what is going on in our lives, God will get the glory. We know this, Romans 8, 28. What does it say? We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Verse 4. Now, this is, I originally I was thinking like all week, I'm like, because I kind of talked about verses 1 through 3 last week. But verse 4 is what I really was focused on. And this is, for most of you, you've heard this probably at a funeral. And I want to read it, but it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And just stop right there. Go back one more, Matt. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Let's just focus on the word shadow. Because the shadow of a sword can't hurt you. The shadow of a dog can't bite you. 
You guys hearing that? Certain things, certain things in our lives are nothing more than a shadow. 1 Peter 5.8, okay, he says, Your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Like a roaring lion. The enemy is not a lion. We serve the lion of Judah. That, that's who the lion is. He walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. If you give him that, it will destroy you. If you know that he is, he doesn't have no power, no authority over you, we've, he, Jesus already paid for it. God already defeated the enemy. And that's why the verse says right here in 1 Peter 5, he walks around like a roaring lion. Some of us need to stop, we need to start ignoring the roar of the lion. Just ignore it. He has no power over us. And then he says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Wherever you are now, it's not meant for you to stay there. You have to walk through. Where are you walking through? A valley. A valley. A valley is the low point between two high points. If you may be walking down, down one point, you may be in the valley. Some of you are coming out of a valley. But you just, I'm, I'm, I'm here to say, you just got to keep walking through. You weren't intended to stay there. Keep walking. Keep walking with the Lord. Maybe there is something, and, and, and maybe you're hearing this and you're saying, you know what? It's not, it's not just a shadow. This is real. I am, I am facing, I am facing something real. I actually have been diagnosed with this. I actually, the doctors told me this. So it's not a shadow. It's actually real. I feel it. But let me tell you, there is no more sting in death because the king has conquered death. So even unto death, there is no sting. When we get that revelation of that, not even death can hold us down because it didn't hold our king down. We, we begin to walk in authority. And you just say, yeah, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Who is with you? The Lord, the God Almighty. You start to pray this in the morning. If you're dealing with stuff, you start to pray this over your family, your spouse. You begin to see, this is the Lord, my shepherd. I am in a valley, but I'm going to keep walking. And I will fear no evil because I know who is with me. And that's what, that's what I love about this psalm. But here's the promise that he's with us. Hold on to that. Don't look at the physical circumstance. Know that he is with you. He is with you. And then it says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Every shepherd had two tools they would carry around with them. You can probably guess it, your rod and their staff. Okay, a rod was a stick that they would use to fight off the predators. The staff was used so if the sheep went astray... They could pull them back because sheep are 
not the smartest. And I guess we're, and we're sheep, okay? So we're not the smartest. But that's what he does. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. You need to find comfort in his correction. Yes, he is for you. But he is also, he, sometimes the discipline of the Lord, there, there is discipline in the Lord. And his rod and his staff, they comfort us. He protects us from the enemy. What I love is this is David, that's, right? This is David who's writing this psalm. He was the guy who killed Goliath with the stone. He was a shepherd boy. This is later on in his life. Look what he writes, okay, in his early days. If you go to 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 34 and 37, this is just incredible. And I, I just love the imagery here that the Bible uses. It says, David, but David persisted. He says, I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said, as a young boy. When a lion or bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock... I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I have done this to both lions and bears. And then he goes, and I'll do that to this pagan Philistine, to this man who is the giant. For he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Just as he, has, as, he as, as a shepherd, would go to rescue his flock, okay, this is what he's saying. God is doing this for us. He, I know we talk about him being the lion, okay? He, he goes after. When we're in trouble, he's coming to your rescue. He protects us. He is the good shepherd. Give your life to him. Because he will protect you. Not only does he protect, he corrects, okay? God's correction is comforting. Not that it always feels good. It's comforting because it's good for you. 1 Peter 2.25, we read this. We were once like sheep who wandered away. But now you have turned to your shepherd. And I love this. The guardian of your souls. The guardian of your souls. Hebrews 12, 5 through 11, talking about the correction of the Lord. Have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as children? He said, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline. And don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes each one as he accepts as his child. As you endure the divine discipline. Okay, I love that because some, some of you think of discipline and you think of your earthly father or mother or someone who's disciplined you and it, and it maybe was, it was for the wrong reasons. But he gives divine discipline. The discipline of the Lord actually draws us into him, closer to him. That's what his discipline is intended for. He doesn't discipline you for you to go away. He disciplines you so you can come closer to him. And so remember that God is treating you as his own children. Whoever heard of a child who is never disciplined by its father? 
If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means that you are illegitimate and are not really his children at all. Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father of our spirits and live forever? For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years during the best they knew how. But God's discipline is always good for us so that we might, check this out, share in his holiness. Verse 11, no discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. Okay? It's not. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. That is not a popular verse or set of verses to read. But you need to know, if you are his child, there is discipline that comes with it. And it just, but, it, but, it, but what does it say? It's good for us. It's good for us. It may not feel good, but it's good for us. He disciplines us because he loves us. Proverbs 3.11, my child, don't reject the Lord's discipline and don't be upset when he corrects you. You know what will keep us from being accepting it? Pride. Religion. You know what religion is? I've made it. I've arrived. The spirit of religion has to go. That's what it is. In essence, is I've made it. Why the, the, Jesus would be so upset at the Pharisees because they they believe we got it. We we've, we're here. All you rest, you haven't made it, but we've made it. When he says, no no no, lose your pride. Let it rely on me. I'm the one who can still discipline you. So allow his discipline. And um, go back to, Psalm, if you have your Bible, Psalm 23, 4. Just got to mention this. Another, in another um, translation, it says, even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Okay, so take this home and speak this over your life. Even when I will. Even when, fill in the blank, I will fear no evil. I will not be despaired. I will not be discouraged. Even when, whatever it is in your life you're going through, I get the, the news of this. Even when they tell me, my boss tells me I'm not good enough. Even when. My family doesn't accept me. Even when I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Because you are my best friend. You're my shepherd. I love that. Jesus, yeah. Even when. Let's stand. I told, I told you guys we we're going to get through the whole psalm, but I just want to go back because the last thing that I ever, we ever want is for us to feel like we're just getting head knowledge and we're just, okay, I got the word and we listen to the word, we worship. But as these guys just put on something soft as, so we can just kind of worship and 
I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to me this morning? And if you, if you can't think because your mind is everywhere and you're hungry and there's flies around you, I want to just remind you, remind you of this, okay? Why? Well, this is what you need to know. God is a good shepherd who protects, who provides, and who comforts me. And sometimes the comforts through discipline. Protects, provides, who comforts me. That's what you need to know. That's who he is. Now, why do you need to know this? Because if you don't believe that there is a good shepherd who is fighting for you, why would you give your life to him? He's wanting your entire life. Revelation 12, 11 says, they love their lives not even unto death. God is calling a people who are sold out for him, who will love him. And sometimes because if you've thought he's not for me, he doesn't love me, it's kept some of us from actually entering in fully to what God has. But here's how you do it. You immerse yourself in his love. That's how you can surrender your life to the good shepherd. He wants to be the one to lead you. It's time to follow him. My sheep know, hear my voice and they know me. Spend some time with him, intimate time, to know the Lord. There is no fear in love. There is no fear in love. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely for you are near. I'll never be lonely for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemy enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of. Of you until my heart we hope you enjoyed this week's message so why would i fear make the sure to subscribe wherever you for listen your to goodness podcasts. and love if you'd like to partner with all OFC, the days of my life you can give on our website then afterward when my life is through have a blessed day to your we'll see you next presence, time to be with